Hi, my name is Yaswan Nukasani. Welcome to the Mindset of Abundance podcast. If you want to live a life where you choose to wake up each day and take what life has to offer while learning from the best multimillionaires, entrepreneurs, and just cool individuals on mindset, money, and health, this might just be the show for you. Here we go. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, yes, and how's it going, man? How you doing? Good, good. Yeah, thank you for making the time and uh, joining. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, so, you know, I already explained a little bit in the introduction of, like, um, a little bit about you and stuff like that. Um, so I wanted to start off the show kind of explaining your story. So, you know, your childhood, um, you, you know, your high school days and kind of like who you are and uh, where you're from and stuff like that. Yeah, so I am um, I'm from Naperville. So that's a suburb, probably, you know, 30, 45 minutes outside Chicago. Uh, I grew up there pretty much my whole life. You know, I had a pretty, pretty solid childhood. You know, my parents were always loving. I had a good supportive family. Um, you know, nothing that I can really complain about at all. I'm, I'm very thankful for my upbringing. Um, I went to high school at Naperville North. Um, that's eventually where I, you know, first started taking any sort of business classes, kind of really, you know, hammered out uh, my passion and realized, you know, what I really kind of wanted to end up doing um, in a way. So then uh, here we are now. I go to Miami University. It's a one in Ohio, which is not the cool one in Florida, but the, the cold one mm -hmm. in Ohio. So um, I'm currently a senior now studying finance. Uh, knew that I wanted business to be, you know, kind of my, my background. Didn't really end up, you know, exactly zoning in on finance until about sophomore year. Um, I figured that, you know, studying finance is probably the best way for me to pursue my entrepreneurial dreams just because you really need to know how to finance a business in order to, you know, get a business off the ground. Um, so that's kind of where I stand now. So uh, I'll be graduating in May. And mm. while that's a little bit disappointing and, you know, kind of sad, it's also it's also pretty exciting to see what the future has to hold. Interesting, man. Yeah, I mean, like finance, like that's also why I chose to uh, be a finance major mm -hmm. in college, um, even though like I have entrepreneurial interests and right. uh, things like that. So did you like always think that you were going to kind of start your own business like when you let's say that uh, as a freshman in high school um what did you think you were going to be doing when you were older yes yeah, so that's a good question i you know i always kind of had this like yearning in me to you know start a business and you know really kind of carve my own path and you know create some sort of you know real tangible value add outside of just kind of climbing a corporate ladder um, as as to as to speak to what exactly I thought that I would be doing when I was a freshman, I probably was pretty unsure. Um, I've always I've always been, you know, kind of intellectually curious, and you know, when I see certain things, you know, I always think I'm always thinking about is there a better way to do that? Is there a different way to do that? You know, is there a more cost effective way to do that? Um, so, you know, that's definitely like a, a trait of mine that kind of led me to the path that I'm on now, I believe. But I I do want to say that I think that people who always say that they want to start their own businesses before they really know what the business is i think i think that's a little bit backwards sometimes just because it's it's impossible to know like there's so much that goes into starting a business as, as you know yourself and you know so much red tape and things that really are not that exciting so whenever mm -hmm. i hear somebody say that they you know have always wanted to be an entrepreneur if, if they weren't doing something before that that was entrepreneurial in spirit um mm -hmm. my 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 guess would be that they don't quite um grasp the amount of you know kind of honestly boring stuff that goes into it um, mm. so, so I think it took, it really took me until sidekick to know that I truly do want 
you know, to go forward with my own business and, you know, kind of, you know, create that, you know, sort of vertical, tangible value that nobody's ever created before, you know, to hopefully try to monetize it in a way that, you know, really basically can, you know, I can live off of. And so um, I think that it really comes down to really just kind of, you know, experiencing it before you can really say. So I think probably to answer your question, I'm kind of ramping right now, I guess, but no, you're good. Um, to answer your question more directly, I was probably more confused than anything when I was a, when I was a freshman in high school, just kind of, you know, trying to learn, trying to figure things out. Um, and then ultimately kind of like the experience of starting psychic is really what kind of led me like onto the path that I am now. Drew. And you know, um, like as you were talking, I kind of wrote down something here and, you know, so you said something that was super interesting about how everyone or people that do have an interest or wanting to be an entrepreneur, they don't know the technical and the boring aspects that go into it. Right. Um, so to, like, let's elaborate on that. So what did you think it was going to be? And like, what did it turn out to be? And the, and I might put you on the spot here. Um, but no, the thing is like, uh, there's so much hype with, you know, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted you to kind of shed light on that. So there's definitely a lot of um, really fun aspects to it. And it's been a great experience for me. But, um, you know, for instance, like incorporating as, you know, a legal entity. Uh, basically, when I started Psychic, I had no idea what that even entailed. I mean, you obviously, like, if you look into it a little bit, it's not hard to find out there's different S-Corps, C-Corps, LLCs. They all offer different kind of tax structures, different, um, you know, risk kind of perks, I guess. So, um, so it's like, you don't really think about like, so what am I going to incorporate as, um, I ultimately chose LLC just because it was all around kind of, you know, fit the best for, for me personally. Mm. Um, and then it's like, you got to get an EIN number, which is just like an employee. Like it's, so it's this like nine digit code or something that you have to have, um, that basically really solidifies it like that. And then, so since I'm selling a like consumer product, I have to get uh, a vendor's license in Ohio. And so like specifically like Butler County, like where Miami is. So, you know, these are these are things that take a lot of paperwork, a lot of phone calls where you're kind of on hold, um, a lot of things like that, which I mean, these is like they, they, it takes weeks too. And I mean, filling out the tax forms for, for your business is, is not particularly exciting either. And I mean, I spent mm. most of my most of my time with, you know, create like kind of building psychic, creating psychic was more it was really like it was really trying to coordinate the supply chain. So which I guess, you know, some people probably could find more interesting than I did. But, you know, so I don't know if you explained what psychic really is to, to the listeners at all yet, but it's a mm. it's like an eight ounce drink beverage really there. So, so there's a cap, there's a label, there's a seal, there is an actual, you know, eight ounce bullet bottle. Mm. And none, none of these none of these components of the beverage come from the same place. Right. So. Uh, for instance, like the labels are sourced from Nevada. The, the, the co-man is in, is in California. Um, mm. the caps, you know, come from Northern California. Like there's just so many different things that, that you have to aggregate. So I get like really what happened and like the, the house I could kind of became built, I guess was more so me kind of aggregating all of these different facets of A, the product, B, the supply chain and C, the actual company in and of itself. So there's just a, a, a lot that goes into it. I think people mm. can get really hooked on like an idea, but I mean, I, like, I was super excited about psychic, the idea. I thought it was sweet. Um, mm. you know, every, everybody, everybody loved it. And then as soon as I, you know, kind of get into more of the, you know, operations kind of, you know, back office stuff that is, is really necessary to get a business off the ground. Um, it's just not, 
as particularly exciting, but it's a, it's a grind and it's a hustle and you, you know, you got to go through it if you want to make it, if you want to make it come together. And fortunately for me, um, that's come to a bit of an end just because the supply chain is, is, is pretty much aligned right now. Um, the oh. product is, I don't want to say finalized because I'm always open to, you know, improvements and expansion, but, um, you know, we, we feel pretty good about what we have now. Um, it's functional. It's, it's, you know, it's at a good price point for us. We think it's a fair price point for the consumer oh. and it's, you know, it's functional. Like the supply chain is, is all ready to go. The product's good. And, you know, legally we're on good standing. And so from that from here on out, um, it gets to more of the fun stuff, you know, kind of more of the selling, more of the marketing. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to raise some money coming up here soon. Um, so things like that is like what really gets excited. But I mean, it took two years to get to this point. So, you know, we're really kind of yeah. ready to, ready to launch kind of, I guess is, is what I'm at. And I think a great point that you made was, kind of when you're starting out there's so much of you know there's tactical things mm-hmm. that you need to have done like legal structures and uh taxes yeah. you know uh even the name like your name itself um protecting your name getting right. your logo made um and the supply chain thing is huge you know so i think th- that was really awesome what you like kind of just covered because that showed like some actual real tangible right. things that <laughs> you have to do yeah. when you're trying to start a company and it's things um, that like i never i never would have in a million years guessed that would be part of the job but you know it's kind of like you realize as you realize it as it comes so it's like i didn't mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was going to need a vendor's license. And I mean, not that like it's hard to get a vendor's license. Um, all you really have to do is fill out some paperwork and, and pay probably 25 bucks, but mm. I never saw it coming, you know, and it just kind of, it's like just random stuff like that. That's, it's interesting to learn and it's, you know, intriguing to kind of learn more about the industry, especially, you know, I guess technically I'm in consumer packaged goods. So there's all, you know, all these things that go into that kind of stuff. And it's a learning experience for sure. But I think that's one thing that a lot of people kind of tend to look over and, you know, cause the, the entrepreneurial side, start your own business. Like everybody mm-hmm. always comes to me and it's like, Oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. This is great. Like how did it, how did it happen? And it's like, trust me, you don't want to hear like the, how it really happened. Like you really <laughs> want to hear me about, <laughs> hear about me like filling out, you know, tax forms and, and, you know, EIN verifications kind of thing. But again, there is a lot of cool things to it, but I think I would just want, you know, want to make that sort of clear that there is a lot of red tape that goes into this kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, especially with the, you know, the Instagram gurus, um, like nowadays with, you know, making entrepreneurship sound like, you know, it's like, you know, Lamborghinis. Yeah. And- like the ultimate path, just like everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then they sell you their course, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that's funny. Yeah. No. Uh, so that's really, that's really good, man. Um, you know, but before we like, you know, of course, I want to cover what is Sidekick mm-hmm. um, and what like, what, you know, what is the product and all that. But before, like, I really wanted to just um, ask, kind, ask you, like, you know, I think that there's a moment in everyone's life, which, you know, you kind of decide that you want something different. You want yeah. something more. Um, w- what was that for you? And I mean, could it, it could have been a book. It could have been um, anything. But what caused you? to flip the switch that's a really good question um so my my initial thought to to that would be you know i always kind of was on the fence so I, I mean i so i go to miami university this is a very business oriented very kind of corporate ladder you know, career oriented um institute for higher education i mean everybody here wants to be an investment banker everybody here wants to be a management consultant 
Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of societal, societal pressure. And I mean, those are, those are really good launching points for any career, I think. And it's not, I'm not digging on that on particular interests that, you know, I think that stuff is cool. Um, but for me, what it just really kind of came down to is I think um, having the experience, the opportunity to kind of work in an office, you know, like over the summer, you know, I've, I've worked two internships. Um, they've been really, really interesting material wise, but I see some of the people that I've worked with and they don't seem to, I don't think that they really realize their full potential. And that's, you know, which kind of drives me and, you know, what, what scares me really is, you know, mm -hmm. ultimately reaching one day in my life where, you know, I look back and I say, well, I could have done more. And I, and I just, then I just elected not to, I chose to go the safe route. And that's, um, it's a perfectly suitable route for a lot of people. You know, I have, a, I have, you know, I know all sorts of successful people that chose that route and they're happy in life. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. And that, if, that, if you think that that, that is going to be the route that serves you to, you know, your ultimate happiness, then I would say go for it. But I just think for me, I just, I don't necessarily see like the risk the same as other people. Um, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars that, you know, I probably could have, well, I definitely mm. could have been saving, you know, building, trying to build out sidekick. And it's like, it's not the safest route, you know, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, it's gone pretty well so far, but, um, I think that, you know, kind of seeing, like seeing people in an office where, you know, I think that, I think that they didn't think that they reached their full potential in, in their professional lives, um, kind of, you know, steered me toward this, especially, um, you know, being in college, I just kind of see it as like, why would I not, you know, give this a whirl, you know, I've gone from pretty much, this is literally, it was nothing, you know, we made this um, completely me and my partner. And then now, you know, two years later, which I guess is, you know, a substantial amount of time, but, you know, we're, we're going to be in the opportunity to start raising, you know, tens of thousands of dollars um, for this company. And, you know, then we'll definitely get to see where it goes. Hmm. So it was the fear of like, why not, why yeah. not me? Yeah. And I mean, like, it's just like, why not? I mean, I guess you, I, there's probably a ton of reasons, you know, you could go totally bankrupt. You could, you could probably get sued. You could probably taint your professional career. So yes, there's, there's tons of reasons not to, but for me, mm. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not as risk averse in that sense. I don't think, um, just yeah. because, I mean, for me, worst case scenario, maybe mm. I lose a bunch of money, but. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, and you know, that really is the perfect transition to asking like, um, every entrepreneur like when they're starting out you know you have your friends and family that are like what are you doing why are you doing this yeah. why don't you just be like the other kids um, right <laughs> you know um so how did you withstand the pressure because that pressure when you're young and you know yeah. you're just starting out with something and you're not making money you know you have so much pressure on being just like oh go get right. an internship at yeah. mckinsey or go get an internship <laughs> at uh, jp morgan and, you know, like, I'm not talking bad about them or right, whatever. No, um, you know, I just kind of have a, uh, I just know that there's a lot of people that want to do something different with their life, but. And they choose not to. Yeah. They choose not to because uh, they think that everyone that becomes an investment banker just lives mm -hmm. like their best life. Um, yeah. You know, so how did you overcome that pressure? So I've, I've played a pretty, um, a pretty solid balance. So for instance, like I have worked two internships, um, to find financial services related internships that, you know, which is finance is my passion, you know, entrepreneurship is my passion as well, but I, I am, I am super, you know, into finance and, you know, specifically kind of 
the stock market and, you know, any sort of, you know, equity market really. Um, so for me, I've, I think that I've gone along the path in a calculated yet favorable way for my own interests. So, um, I mean, so for instance, the, the founders of Warby Parker, um, I read this in a book by Adam Grant called originals is a really good book. Um, so those guys were, I can't remember what college they went to, but they were about to graduate. They all had, they all had, there's like two or three of them. They had investment banking jobs locked up, you know, they were on this path, but they had, they had been working on this idea recently and kind of like around the time that they were about to graduate it started working out a little bit better. So it's kind of like the way Adam Grant described it was kind of minimizing your risk portfolio. So in the way that, you know, what I think I would, what I would like to think that I'm doing at least is kind of, you know, setting myself up for a, the opportunity to, raise money for this company and, and ultimately begin to scale it and, you know, really kind of launch and, you know, see what it turns into. Um, or B, worst case scenario, you know, I have a solid background. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to get a degree in finance from, you know, a decently well-respected uh, business school. You know, I've got mm. some, I've got some internship experience under my belt, you know, extracurricular wise, I've, I've done pretty well. So mm. for me, it's kind of like a, in a way, a cushion. Um, and I don't want to say that with the sense that, uh, you know, I'm not full in on Sidekick because, you know, I am, but I, th I think, I think it's important to kind of, you know, take a step back and sort of objectively evaluate your situation and understand that there are certain risks associated with choices that you make, especially if you're going to be, you know, kind of, you know, stepping out into kind of the startup world, which is, mm. you know, number one, it's doggy dog. Number two, you have whatever statistical chance of, of failing and, you know, you can either choose to ignore that, which I think is ignorant and, um, you know, ultimately not conducive to your long-term success, or you can acknowledge it, um, you know, kind of build your plan around it and then ultimately, you know, still shoot for the stars or whatever you want to call it, but not definitely, you know, totally, I guess, just combust. <laughs> Cause, um, mm. so say it's like I take psychic out for a little bit. We rate, we raise, you know, a decent amount of money. It, it does pretty well. Um, mm. and then, and then it goes under. Well, the amount of stuff that I had learned from that whole experience, however long that would take, in mm -hmm. conjunction with my background, that with my professional background that I'm building, I think would put me in a great position to, mm. number one, um, which is, you know, what I would hope to probably do as long as I had, you know, sort of money would be start another business, you know, because mm. these, these finance, you know, related extracurriculars that I've been engaging in are, are pretty important in the business world. Um, it's, definitely important to understand the role that money plays, you know, in a, going in and out of a business. Um, so I think, and again, sorry, this is such a long answer, but, um, no. I think, I think just kind of, um, I don't, like, I don't want to say playing society's games a little bit, mm. but I think that if you can position yourself to go more than one angle in your life, then you're going to, you're going to end up being okay. And, I, and one of the things that Adam Grant had, I wish I had the book right now, but um, he, he kind of said that. So he wrote this book called originals. Originals is all about successful people and kind of their habits and um, their, I guess, career trajectories. So what, one thing that he said in the kind of, you know, when he mentioned the Warby Parker story was that he sees most young entrepreneurs that are successful the, the trend among them is that they minimize their risk portfolios and the way the Warby Parker guys did that was to, you know, secure those investment banking jobs or whatever. And then, and then, you know, kind of not have to worry about the rest of it and then ultimately just be able to focus on their dreams. So I'm kind of trying to align with that in a sense. And, you know, um, 
there's one person that um, I wanted to, one entrepreneur specifically, uh, when you said, when you just said about like minimizing risk, right? Um, mm. there, the guy that started five hour energy, um, yeah. and you're in the drink space and the consumer packaged goods space. Um, his name is Manoj Bhargava and, yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah. And, uh, his saying is like great entrepreneurs don't take risks. They minimize them. Mm-hmm. So they still take the risk. It's just that, um, taking a much more rational approach versus yeah. like, emotional. Yeah. I think that's super important just because, you know, you can, you can start a business and say, you know, screw everything else. I'm going full in on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hopefully it works out for you. But the one thing that you did right there, if that's your path, is that you just ignored kind of everything that's out of your control. And these are externalities that can make a material difference in, in your path and in, in your business plan. So I think it's important to kind of, you know, take an objective evaluation of, of your situation and ultimately kind of tailor, you know, what you think you can control in conjunction with you, what you think you can't control. And, you know, ultimately mm. kind of try to, you know, I guess synthesize all those factors into the op- optimal output is probably how I would describe my approach. Interesting. And, um, you know, especially with the, like the nature of the businesses and ideas that are popping up nowadays, mm-hmm. um, like there's some insane ideas and that's good to, you know, be creative, but some of the businesses just won't make it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, um, I think you made a really good point because it's the most painful thing um, when you, you know, spend years of your life and you focus yeah. on the wrong things. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, man, that was a phenomenal answer. Um, I, oh, it, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I talked forever during that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, well, here that that transitions us to like um, sidekick. Now let's. I want to talk about. What yeah. is Sidekick? So we can start there. In your words, um, what is Sidekick? So Sidekick is, if I were to put it lightly, it's probably the most comprehensive um, hangover prevention drink that is in existence right now. So basically what this truly is, it's an eight-ounce drink. Um, it's got all sorts of ingredients in it. So there's vitamins, there's electrolytes, there's antioxidants, there's, there's, there's minerals, there's all these things that kind of work very synergistically in order to uh, essentially prevent a hangover. And so I hesitate a little bit when I say that just because it is, it is very complicated. But the way that we like to describe it is it's a, it's a two-pronged approach. So the two prongs being fortification and antioxidation. So when you are drinking alcohol, you're, everybody knows it goes through your liver, right? And so your liver creates enzymes in order to metabolize it. And they use, you know, certain vitamins to do that. And so alcohol is so toxic that when you ingest alcohol, your body puts on hold all the different enzymes that it needs to, sus- to sustain like a you know normal, healthy cellular life, puts all those enzymes on hold, you know, whether it's the enzymes for metabolism of like regular food or pretty much anything really. Um, and it says, Hey, this alcohol is super toxic. We need to get rid of this now. So we need to make some, you know, NADH in order, which is like the enzyme that, you know, metabolizes the alcohol. So it says we're going to make NADH. We're not going to make anything else. And so it uses all of your B vitamins essentially to do that. And that's part of like the hangover that makes you just feel like crap in the mornings because you're just cellularly damaged. You just haven't, you know, made those you know, normal enzymes. And so we like to, we like to consider that to be the fortification aspect, which is going to be um, pretty much all the, 
electrolytes and minerals and stuff because these are things that get depleted when you're exposed to alcohol. So your B vitamins get, um, you know, pretty depleted, vitamin C, uh, electrolytes being like magnesium and potassium, those all get very depleted. So Psychic seeks to kind of fortify your body with those nutrients when you drink it before you drink alcohol. So that way you can kind of maintain a healthy cellular level. Um, second prong being antioxidation. So this is something that is probably more, it's, I mean, definitely more important than the fortification aspect. So basically, and I'm, let me know if I'm sounding, you know, too, cause I've, I've, I've read all about this stuff. So I don't know if it, if it makes a lot of sense. So let me know if I'm not making sense, but no, you're good, um, man. Keep going. Um, yeah. I, I just don't, I, I know that the chemistry kind of gets, um, boring. I mean, for, <laughs> yeah, boring. I mean, like for yeah. me, it's like, I've, I've read all this stuff a million times. So like, I, I, I might like say something that, you know, isn't quite as understandable, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, I just know. Cause sometimes I start explaining it and people are like, Sure, man, like whatever. Um, <laughs> but anyways, to continue about the antioxidation component. Um, so here's where we have our proprietary blend. So basically what this is going to be is uh, just some super potent antioxidants. So uh, alcohol obviously can irritate your stomach lining. So we have ginger root extract because it's um, it's got some solid polyphenols really or what, or what the compounds are called. And so basically what ginger root can do pretty well is kind of line the stomach um, and hopefully... I mean, it's, at least it's been shown in studies to kind of, you know, mitigate some of the irritation in the stomach lining. So that's part of that's an antioxidant. So that that'll help you a lot with like, um, with like your with your stomach aches in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, acetyl L carnitine. There was actually a really a really cool study that they did. Um, this is just a non essential amino acid, and basically the study that they did was they co administered alcohol and uh, acetyl L carnitine into rats. Um, basically they just gave it, they gave it them alcohol and, and Alcar for short, um, at the same time to two separate groups. And what they found was basically that the group that got alcohol and acetyl L-carnitine versus the group that got just alcohol, um, the amount of like alcohol induced brain damage in these rats was, was substantially less than the ones that got the Alcar too. So, and you know, rats being the most biologically similar, you know, organism to humans, um, it's pretty safe to assume that it's a transferable, you know, kind of quality of the amino acid. And so essentially, you know, by drinking this sidekick stuff, like you would get that, you know, kind of neuroprotective effect as well. Um, so again, yeah. probably a pretty long answer. I kind of wanted to explain it more in depth, but um, to put it in short, it's really just all the things that alcohol depletes in your body, as well as things to defend against alcohol induced damage, kind of all piled into one drink. Wow. And, you know, especially with how prevalent, um, like drinking is in like modern day culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, for any entrepreneur or, uh, aspiring entrepreneur, like, I think the thing is solve a problem, right? You know, that definitely solves a problem. Um, yeah. you know, so, and that was a great answer on like, you know, what is sidekick and, um, what does it do? For you mm-hmm. um now i want to hop into like how are you selling you know yeah so we're direct, we're direct to consumer online um we're mostly selling at um, different you know greek events and you know parties and stuff on campus um so originally the price per unit was a little bit too high to you know kind of sell um in retail through a little bit of persuasion slash negotiation slash revision, um, I was able to get that price down by about 90 cents. So 
that's yeah. very exciting in the sense that um, now retail is definitely an open route for us. Um, so in addition to kind of the direct-to-consumer website, we're going to be pursuing um, retail, so probably like local liquor stores and stuff. Uh, but then also we are set to sell in a few, in at least one bar on campus here. So that, that'll probably pick up. I'll probably have to talk to that manager before the semester starts. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the, the, the biggest thing for us is really, uh, the parties, um, because we just kind of go, we have like some campus reps and stuff who sell at parties mm. and, um, people, I mean, people really, really like it. I think our, I'll take a look at it right now, but our customer repeat rate, meaning the people who buy it, how many, like how many of them buy again? Um, it's above 60%, which Jeez. Like, yeah. So it's about like, it's like 64.16%, um, which is, <laughs> which is pretty, pretty, I mean, that's pretty damn solid. Um, mm. basically just means that people, people like it and it works. Um, the only, my only hesitation about that number would be that, you know, I'd rather than that number be a little bit lower if I had a little bit bigger reach, you know, mm. um, because I think typically, like a, a good, a good like this, the repeat rate is closer to forty percent, sometimes thirty. So, yeah. I, 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 that's a good number, but um, I would like to see it go down. You know, if I were able to reach more people, because I think the number one problem with Psychic right now is literally just our lack of reach. Like I said, our, you know, our kind of primary distribution channel is through campus reps and, and at parties and stuff. So, it's really a matter of how many people can I you know, hand it to that are going to buy it, you know? So I mean, mm. the website, the website's done pretty well. I think, I don't know. So you have to buy four, like a four pack on the website just because it just makes more economical sense to do that way. Mm. And I don't know if that makes people hesitate a little bit more. I think that we've probably done since our revenues, since like, since we launched in like August or whatever, um, I would say it's probably pretty evenly split down the middle between like, um, you know, campus rep selling and, uh, and like website revenue. And um, mm. I would like to start to drive a little bit more towards the revenue side. And I think that, um, should our, should our upcoming, you know, fundraising pitches go well, we can kind of start to scale that a little, a little bit more intensive. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, like another thing that you could do is also, um, subscription boxes. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've taken around with that. I think it's a really interesting idea, especially with the, with the customer repeat rate being that high, you know, but, the only thing is um, there wasn't a lot of room to offer any sort of price break for that, like any real sort of like economical incentive before. So as I mentioned, I got that price down by about 90 cents. So that subscription is becoming increasingly enticing because mm. now we can actually, you know, offer a discount to the consumer and not, you know, kind of go into the red on, you know, per unit basis. So that's yeah. definitely something that I need to kind of, you know, conference with my partner about um, because, I mean, that's, that's 64% number or whatever. Um, mm. it's, it's a good sign. And I think that that's a good idea that you have, um, you know, subscription could be a thing just because people, people would probably, you know, want three or four a week. I mean, I have people who buy, you know, five a weekend. Like, I don't know, if, I don't know if they're mm. drinking that much, but I mean, I just don't say anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> and even yeah, I mean, for friends and stuff, like when they choose to go out, um, you know, so man, you guys are off to a great start. Um, like really, because number one, it's even hard to get that many, like reorders really speak volumes. Yeah. If people are yeah. vibing with you, you know, and I was, um, I was talking to, um, so the, the director of the entrepreneurship department in Miami, um, he heard about sidekick a few, 
few months ago and he kind of pulled me into his office and just wanted to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, and he was like, so what do you think like your repeat rate is or whatever? And then at, at this time I hadn't really hashed it out. And I told him just total ballpark. I was like, probably like, I don't know, 30%, 20%. And then I, and then I went home and like, kind of, you know, just like ran the numbers and it was like 65 and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I just made yeah. it look way worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and what are you like, so now that you kind of have your, uh, product, on lock and you have your website that's going and you're making sales what are you up like what's next um what are the things that you would say like that you're working on this year for sidekick yeah. and i know you mentioned that i'm thinking about raising money for mm -hmm. the business um so yeah how's this year looking for you yeah so i would probably say there's two real things that we're focusing on right now number one is going to be solidifying the current sidekick drink in the marketplace so what you're seeing is kind of a trend right now is uh, a lot of these very similar products are starting to pop up just because there's a lot of decently new literature that's kind of lending itself to, to you know make people think that okay hangovers are treatable really because of all this new science these you know 10 year long studies that are finally coming out finally at their conclusion um so you're seeing a rush of people to kind of monetize products like this um which I wasn't totally aware of when I started and it isn't, you know, the most convenient thing, but um, it's also encouraging because, you know, there's a lot, this market is real and there's um there's a California based company called morning recovery who has raised about $8 million to sell their thing. And it's pretty much the same exact thing. So, you know, that's a little bit encouraging out of itself. So I think number one, um, we're really going to try to solidify psychic in the marketplace. We're going to probably try to build out some more distribution channels. Um, I'd like to be in retail, within months um i think i can honestly probably work out pretty well uh and then number two something that we've been you know kind of tinkering around with something that we've been trying to learn more about and potentially uh you know use to basically like product line expansion so right now i would say sidekick is a little bit more of a product than it is a business um really the reason that we named it sidekick was because it can mean it can mean anything really so um, mm. like right now, this is like sidekick for like your, your hangovers. Um, I, I'm not, we don't have anything in the actual works as far as, you know, concrete, you know, kind of, uh, moves with suppliers, but mm. something that I like to think more and more about is kind of just different, you know, different product lines. I, I struggle to think of any sort of like supplement brand that really has, um, a, you know, a, a real kind of sense of brand equity. Um, I think mm. that. You know, you're getting you're getting pretty much pretty much ripped off by a lot of these supplement brands as well. So, because I remember, um, so like if you basically go and buy any potassium supplement, they'll never have more than 99 milligrams of potassium as long as it's a pill. And the re and I mean, so I think one banana one banana has 430 milligrams of potassium. So it's like you're you're paying you're paying you're paying money for I know it's, it's so you're paying money for. Uh, for a potassium supplement that's giving you a fourth of a banana and like you, you think that you're being all healthy and stuff. And I mean, it's just kind of like, like stuff like that is what pisses me off because there's consumers out there that are just getting completely, completely ripped off. And um, granted, so there's like some sort of regulation, I think that kind of prevents you from putting more than hundred milligrams of potassium into a pill. Um, mm. But that's, that, that's why I like liquid. Um, liquid absorbs better because there's no pill to be broken down. And you can really do as much as you want. And potassium, I'm aware, is uh, is not exactly what's well, actually bad for you in very high doses. But I mean, 
the doses to where potassium would be detrimental to your health are astronomical. And it's, you know, like mm. even like psych psychic has 500 milligrams of potassium in it, for instance. And mm. it's like hardly more than a banana. And I mean, wow. how many people, are, how many people are eating bananas? I mean, I guess a lot, but how many people are eating like five bananas a day? Probably none. Right. At least I would, at least I would hope not, <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, kind of product line expansion is definitely in our future. Uh, I think that people, you know, there's, there's an increasing, um, increasing trend, you know, kind of just in society, people are much more aware of their health and supplements are such a fantastic way to, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, supplement your lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I said that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, really though. So I think that like, kind of like psychic, like the ultimate goal is to kind of just be a, a super solid, reliable kind of supplement brand that, is really giving you something that's going to, that's going to work and it's going to help change your health because, you know, I've bought plenty of supplements in my life where it's like, what is this really doing? Like, yeah, the bottle looks pretty, but you know, there's, I mean, there's like sleep supplements that are just, uh, yeah. just, I'll, I'll, I guess talk about this forever because I'll start getting pissed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, a, that's a rabbit hole to like, I mean, that's definitely yeah. a big, <laughs> and, and the thing is, it's so true because if you, it's so, if you know, like, um, even for example, like in the weightlifting space, mm -hmm. um, there's a ton of these protein, uh, companies. Yeah. And it's, they're all pretty much BS and it's like, yeah, protein's not BS or say, um, for instance, so like create, like creatine hydrochloride. Uh, so you'll see like a big, you know, creatine, like HCL on it. And, and they'll tell you this creatine, uh, it's, it's micronized. It's, it, it's, it's easier absorbed into the stomach, like blah, blah, blah. And then you read all these studies and there's no study that supports that. Cre like creatine monohydrate, for instance, is, is the most, it's the most studied. I mean, everybody knows this. It's the most studied supplement ever. And it's, it, it works just as well as any sort of other, you know, branded kind of, you know, BS creatine hydrochloride. There's creatine. Um, there's a bunch of different ones where people are like, like my, even just micronized creatine. So many mm. people like just throw on pretty words and, and, and fancy labels and they charge you a, 30% premium for it and you just get your eyes ripped out because a you're not exactly educated and b they're taking advantage of that so it's just kind of frustrating for me to see mm. that especially just because um after having done uh you know my fair share of research i can kind of tell when something is bs really just based on the dose so like mm. psychic is based off of um percentage daily values really so it, it's basically intended to kind of complement the standard american diet into you know, holding all the nutrients that would be uh, really optimal mm. for kind of alcohol metabolism. Mm. So I started doing, you know, research on the, you know, what are, what are the standard diet or like standard American diet or SAD as they call it. Um, what are those nutrients like? And, you know, what kind of foods are these people eating? And, you know, when you look at it kind of on that objective, and I know that, you know, the average American has a terrible diet. We all know that. Um, mm. But kind of just micronutritionally, um, these people are like people are very deficient. If you're eating fast food three times a day, you're not getting the right micronutrients. And a really great way to, you know, kind of, I don't want to say combat, but at least make that better would be to take supplements. And if you're taking supplements that don't have, you know, enough enough stuff in them, then you're not really doing anything. You're just wasting your money. Wow. Wow. We covered quite a bit of information uh, in the podcast and also drew like another thing, you know, um, and I know this is like we're on a call here and this is an episode, but, yeah. y you know, there's a few things that I kind of learned when you were talking. And sure. this might this is great for uh, anyone who's listening. And the first thing is 
you know, having competence in the area that you're in, right? And just for you to know this much information in the space that you're in about mm-hmm. your product, about the industry, right. um, I think it's a great place to start. I mean, that's probably hours and hours and hours of reading and researching. Yeah, yeah um, I think that um, that's, I'll just interject real quick. I think that that's kind of just a product of, um, like, it's not like I set out to, to just, like, read as much as I can. I mean, I definitely, you know, obviously try to learn as much as I can. But I think that... Um, kind of having like like psychic in this particular space has just kind of exposed me to a lot of different things. So it's not like, it's not like anybody can't, you know, figure this kind of stuff out regardless of the industry, which I think is something that I would want to kind of encourage people to think about would be like, I, like, I just don't think that anybody is any smarter than anybody else. I think people are a little bit more knowledgeable as a product of their really how they spend their free time. So wow. I would just say, I would just say that like, you know, if like, don't th- like nobody should think that like they're not smart enough to do anything. Like, Trust me, I'm not, I'm not any smarter than any person ever. I'm probably actually dumber than a lot of anybody who will listen to this, but, um, you know, I might, it might sound like I know a lot, but it's really just a product of kind of, you know, how I've been spending my time, especially with psychic. So it's not like, I'm not trying to like come off as like anybody who, you know, thinks they're super smart or anything. It's just kind of. You made a decision and you took the action that kind of pointed you in that direction. Wow. And, you know, with that said, like, you know, that was, you know, that's what I learned. Uh, there's so many things mm-hmm. which I learned from out of this. But uh, if you were, let's say that you're talking to one person right now, uh, someone who's driving in their car or, you know, who's sitting on the college campus with their headphones in mm-hmm. and is listening to this. Uh, and, you know, first is like if they wanted, if they ever wanted to do something in their life that, you know, that they feel a lot of resistance towards. So if they ever wanted to, you know, make music or make videos, start a YouTube channel, um, what would you say to that person? So something I think is very kind of important is um, you just kind of like, honestly, this is going to sound a little bit cliche, but really just like, I mean, just do it. Like at least just try it. Mm. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of people's hesitations kind of has to do with kind of how society would view them. Uh, for instance, when psychic was first started, uh, we would get a decent amount of flack for it. People would be like, Oh, that's stupid. Um, what are you doing? Wasting your time with that. Uh, people are a lot more supportive now kind of as it, you know, gets a little bit more established and, you know, people start to kind of realize that it's a little bit better than they originally thought, I guess. Um, but so, I think that people are just um, a lot hesitant because they're scared of what people will think. And I, I think that like, if you're in a position, like this is why college is the most beautiful thing ever is because you have virtually nothing to lose. Um, you know, I mean like even if, even if psychic goes completely under in the next six days, um, I'm probably going to, you know, end up kind of being okay just from a professional standpoint, you know, at least hopefully I'd like to think so. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if, like if you're in college, like this is the perfect time and, there's no better way to learn about business than to start a business. I mean, if you're somebody who's studying, you know, any sort of kind of, you know, business facet uh, and you are presented with a sort of an opportunity to really learn about like kind of like the, like the guts about it and kind of how it goes, then, you know, you're, you're in the driver's seat because you are already light years ahead of, of people who have never, have never started their own company. So, you know, for at the very least kind of how I see psychic is, is me learning how to start a company. And, wow. you know, whether or not this one works, you know, I hope it does. And then I'm going to do everything in my power to make it work. 
Um, mm. even if it, even if it doesn't, then, you know, next time I, ha- I have an idea or something, I mean, I'm, I'm going to know a little bit more to do than I did the first time. And then if that one doesn't work out, then, you know, I'll probably know a little bit more on the third time when I try. So I would just want to yeah. let everybody know that really it's just a matter of kind of trying it. And like, I mean, psychic is like, is definitely, you know, it's going well, but it's by no means like, it's mm. by no means like, like the most successful thing ever. Um, but you know, we're still working on it and we're still going to try it just because to mm. me, it's really just, why not? You know, I mean, what's the upside versus downside here? It's, it's, uh, and it's, that's, and that's what happens when you like step out of the victim mindset and, yeah. you know, and grab yeah, what it is that you want. Um, yeah. I think that there's, um, there's, certain, I mean, it's kind of another thing I want to say is just like, and I haven't experienced this, obviously, but say when you're like 27 or 28, you're starting to settle down, you have kids, um, you you really can't just like risk anymore because you have people who depend on you and you're trying to save for your kids' college and, you know, all these things. Whereas when you're 20, 20, or uh, when you're 18 to, you know, 24, maybe, you know, it's kind of just you and, you know, you work a side job or whatever, you save up some money, you you invest it into something that you think is that it is a, you know, valuable kind of, you know, product, something that you can actually sell for a profit, um, which I think is also, I also think that's like something that I should add, um, at least from, in my own personal opinion, I think that a company is something that buys something for cheaper than it sells it for. So, you know, thus turning profit. I think that people and growth, don't get me wrong about growth. Like I'm, I understand the importance of growth, but I think like down to its core, that's what a business is. And, raising a whole bunch of money for like an app or something um, that you really have no like solidified revenue stream for, then um, you're probably going to run into problems down the road. But, you know, as long as you can make money off it, then, you know, this is something that is at least kind of sustainable. And there is, there's nothing wrong with making a profit. That's how like the free market. Well, yeah. I mean, this uh, is how capitalism works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, Um, I mean, you're, I mean, the consumer is really who decides, who makes the profit, right? Because I mean, if you're not going to buy this bottle of Psychic, then I'm not going to make any profit. But if you decide that 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 four dollars is, you know, is a value to you, then you know we just we made a mutually beneficial exchange, and um, you know that's kind of how I like to see the company is like I want to be helping people really, and so you know hopefully I can create products that that they decide are worth you know this economic value, and then they give me kind of the capital and, and profit as sort of a resource to kind of you know do more things for them. So it's kind of like I'm basically just trying to help, you know, people in a way that I think that they've been kind of blind to recently. And, you know, if we get on the same page with our consumers, you know, then we're all on the same team, really. And, you know, um, you know, price is kind of like what you pay and value is what you get. I'm sure you've heard that before. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just to kind of like second to what you were saying, um, I think you've done a great job of understanding like to, uh, give more than you take. And that's yeah, why, you. yeah. And I, I, and I really do because, you know, for $4 really, I mean, that's that for four bucks, um, there's not too much that you can do, but for $4, you can take back your mornings. Um, yeah. that is a sound business model, uh, to right. give someone their time back. Anytime mm-hmm. you give someone their time back and, you know, how they feel. I mean, that's why I think you're even where you're at. And I know that the road, like, there's a long way to go, um, you know, but I think just the yeah. fact that you're still in college, you're still able to manage 
your like education, like, I mean, both of us and um, have something to show for. Um, I, mm. That's really inspiring. And Thank you. Um, but yeah, man, I really hope like this inspires someone to take action and how can people like reach out to you? Cause I'm sure uh, people want to connect with you. And- yeah. So, um, what would be the best way? I mean, I guess just like my work email. Um, it's Andrew Fallon at drinksidekick.com. So it's A N D R E W F A L L O N at D R I N K C Y D E K I C K.com. Um, for anybody who's listening, you know, do not hesitate to shoot me an email. I'm really just a 21 year old kid in college. Um, you know, I've, I've been on this pretty cool journey. Uh, you know, if anybody's kind of interested in, you know, how it's, how it's gone for me or any struggles I've had or any, you know, kind of triumphs, um, you know, I'm totally open to that kind of stuff because obviously mm-hmm. I recognize, you know, your, your listener base is to be interested in this kind of stuff. So I would totally be open to, you know, anybody who wants to reach out. Mm. And, um, I might've forgotten something. Um, is there anything else that you have to say before, um, we wrap up here? Um, you know, I think we covered a pretty solid amount of this stuff. Yeah. I, I think that, <laughs> I mean, we've been talking for yeah, a little while. Um, yeah. I think just like one thing that I would, that I would really kind of, you know, choose to, to leave your, your listeners with is kind of how we touched on before. Just, you know, what would you say to somebody who's, who's thinking about this kind of stuff? Um, and I would say, I just want to like kind of reiterate, like you literally just got to go for it. I've had a lot of people kind of, and again, you know, psychic has such a long way to go. But I've had a lot of people come up to me, um, and they're all, they're all like impressed with it or whatever, and they think it's really cool. And that's great and all, but it's, I kind of, like, when I, when I look at them, they're like, oh my gosh, how'd you do that? Like, what did you do? And I just kind of think, I'm like, you could have easily done this. Maybe even, like, probably even better than I did. I mean, really all it is is, you know, coming mm-hmm. up with an idea, capitalizing on it. And, you know, I just don't think that anybody's really that different than anybody. You know, I think that everybody's capable of, you know, kind of achieving their dreams and you kind of have to look past the societal pressure and kind of like what you're supposed to do and, you know, kind of really move on on what you want to do. Wow. Drew, thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, thank was, you for having uh, me. Yeah, no, um, I really enjoyed it, man. Um, yeah, me and too. I me think too. I learned quite a bit uh, from your story. I'm actually going to go re-listen to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, but guys... Um, Go ahead and connect with Drew um, with his email. Um, and Drew, are you on social media? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like LinkedIn is just Drew Fallon. Uh, Instagram would be Drew Fallon 12. Twitter, I think it's Drew Fallon 12. All that, all that good stuff. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Drew. All right, man. Take it easy. Yep. All right. Take care. Yep.